please be seated. He's an amazing, it is a holy God we worship. Uh, so we could spend a lifetime studying that too and not fully understand his holiness. Um, we prayed earlier for the kids going back to school and as a mum I'm conscious that it is the last day of school holidays. <laughs> but I want to pray for our teachers today. Um, teaching... Uh, is a huge job and a huge privilege and such a task and uh, I imagine there's many teachers with mixed feelings about going back to school today. So if you're a teacher, whether that's a school teacher or a um, a kids teacher here at school, would you stand up because we'd love to pray for you. Um, I saw that face. You can stand up. Show yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, we're all teachers really um, as we... Um, reflect God's character and glory to others. But um, I just want us as a church to focus on our leaders in our church and also uh, our teachers in our church and also um, teachers going back to school tomorrow. So let us pray for you. Heavenly Father, you are the ultimate teacher. Jesus, you came to earth to teach us um, and to, uh, to save us. And Father, we just uh, lift up these teachers here today as they um, have already headed back to school uh, without the students, but tomorrow head back into the school environment um, with all the kids coming back. Father, I just pray that you give them everything they need. Um, Give them the eyes to see, the heart for the new kids that will be coming into their classrooms that they get to know, Uh, courage when they need courage, time when they need time. Wisdom when they would need wisdom. Father, I pray that uh, even when they can't teach specifically about you, that in their everyday uh, lives, the way they speak, the way they act, their attitudes are Christ-like and that they teach who you are uh, just by being who they are. Father, by your spirit, um, enable them uh and just let them walk each day with you relying on you our holy god to do uh their job to do their role i thank you for the privilege um of being able to teach others and uh grow others and i just pray uh, your special blessing on these teachers here today and the teachers within our church and the teachers going back uh, tomorrow um around australia Thank you, Lord, for your enabling, your loving, um, your loving kindness, and uh, just your faithfulness to us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, welcome and good morning. To that introduction, Dan. I think I'd just rather sit down. I think and, uh, it's a bit awesome. Well, welcome and welcome to those uh, back from holidays. Um, some people have been overseas. The Shrapatas have uh, been been to see their families. It's wonderful. As uh, Dan said, over the past uh, three weeks or so, we've been in very good hands. The church has operated really well. Uh, Willie Stewart shared with us on the ways of God and gave us eight different ways he works with us, which was very interesting, very thoughtful. Um, Andrew Langmaid taught us about healing and our very human struggles to simply believe And David Smythe spoke about a good God rules, God's good rules. And wisdom is knowing the difference between what you have a right to do and what is right to do. It's very thought-provoking. And uh, 
the considerable thought and prayer went behind those presentations and we've had a feast of scripture. One cheeky person asked me last week, having seen the title, we got it up there, yeah, David, sorry if you'd be kind enough, uh, I just changed it slightly, the order was wrong, it was my mistake. Uh, they asked me, will there be any scripture in your sermon next week? <clears throat> Which I thought, yeah, so I said, to their surprise, I replied that actually the title comes directly from scripture and is in fact mentioned six times in two different books. Exodus 29.20, Leviticus 8.23 and 24, Leviticus 14, 14 and 17 and verse 25. Andrew Langmaid picked it straight away. But is there anyone else here that thinks they know what we're going to talk about this morning? <laughs> well... Well, it's in the Old Testament. That's a clue. Kathy. Is that something to do with the anointing of the priests? Well, well done. You see, no, you could almost pick. No, I'm almost going to say we can pick the people that read their Bibles. That would be. Um, thank you, Kathy. That is absolutely spot on. All right, let's um, uh, let's have a look at that. Could, Dave, could we put that up, please? Let's read this together. It's good for us to read. Okay. So he then presented the other ram. Is that up, sir? Yes. Read it, read it with me, please. He then presented the other ram for the ordination of Aaron and his sons. Uh, and they laid his hands on his head. You read it. You're reading better than me. <clears throat> Moses slaughtered the ram and took some of its blood and put it on the... There it is. Moses also brought Aaron's sons forward and put some of the blood on the... That's it, super. Oh, it goes on. Thank you. Great. They refer to the setting apart of a select group of people to be priests for the Lord and was in the context of a very detailed and elaborate form of temporal sacrifice and worship. Well, and you might well ask, what has that got to do with us sitting here in January 2003? Bear with me. <laughs> Pardon me? Did I say 23? No, you said 2003. Oh, oh well, we just jumped forward three years. Okay, that was quick. That was a very quick sermon. God bless you. <laughs> uh, Many years ago, in the first church I attended, which was uh, Adelaide Crusade Centre in, uh, in Sturt Street, in fact was then the, the mother church of our denomination, uh, one of the elders raised this particular scripture in a meeting, and of course we all looked a bit like you, uh? and the elders in that era knew their Bibles really well, had a great working knowledge of the scriptures. So he spoke about the fact that each of these different areas of the body listed the and the toe had to do with. Thank you, June. Shout it loud. Balance. Thank you. Balance. It has been said that a balanced person is one who has a chip on both shoulders. <laughs> but I hope that we may be a truly balanced person that has no chip at all. The right side speaks of authority. And the anointing was done initially with blood and then in some cases later on oil, which was to do with cleansing. 
The sacrifice of blood meant that it was a very serious and significant way of covering human sin. And we've talked about that this morning about apples. Often these ceremonies and practices in the Old Testament provide a link or a glimpse between what was foreseen then and about what was to come. So often the Old Testament is uh, fulfilled in the New Testament. The regular sacrifice of animals was replaced by the one-time sacrifice of Christ, which allowed us to come right into God's presence. Christ died for our sins. The old priesthood and sacrificial system was no longer required, as today's believers have now been made acceptable to God by Christ's substitutionary death on our behalf. And we no longer need an intermediately I'm intermediatory, intermediate, that's a word, isn't it? Intermediatory, that's a noun, yep, to represent us. So God's long-term plan was for all his people to become priests, not just a few, and for us to worship him in spirit and in truth and to live not only in his presence, but he would live in us. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? As Dan said, you know, we have no idea, really. We have no concept of how great God is. No wonder we need a clear understanding or balanced understanding of what he has done for us. And now we represent him to people by our own lifestyles. It was always God's plan that his chosen people would become a kingdom of priests. And Anthony, I think if you've got that scripture, would you be kind enough to read? Run down here, there'll be a bit of running around today. Thank you. Thank you. This is from 1 Peter 2, verses 5 and 9 and 10. But you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you're a people of God. One should not receive mercy, but now you've received mercy. Thank you, Anthony. Beautiful scripture. You once weren't anybody, but now you are somebody. Wonderful truth. Wonderful truth. So you've become a holy priesthood. Uh, Revelation 6, and Richard's going to read to us from uh, a couple of bits from Revelation. Sorry, jumping around here. Thank you, Richard. And from Revelations 1, verses 5 and 6, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. And Revelation 5, 10 says the same thing but adds, we will reign on earth. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Made us a kingdom and priests. Since the Reformation of the 16th century, the Protestant church or the non-conformist churches no longer have a priest but a pastor. This is such a church where the pastor's role is to train you for the work of the ministry. And Ephesians 4 teaches about that. Now because we have direct access to God through Jesus, he has become our high priest. We no longer need a human go-between. David, if you put up the ear for us now, please. 
So as we look at balance, let's look at the significance of each of the organs. The ear is the part that I want to spend most time on, and I hope you'll see that the other two areas flow out of uh, the result of good hearing. Now, I need to qualify this, that not all commentary, uh, all, all commentary in some way, in fact, is biased by the speaker. And illustrations break down at some point. But what I'd like to draw from these scriptures uh, is about balance and let you work out whether you think it's a reasonable conclusion. So be Bereans. Remember the map from Acts 17? The Bereans, what did the Bereans do? Thank you, Richard. They searched the scriptures. So be Bereans. So you check it out. Think of it's uh, is this bloke up there okay? Why should a person representing God be well balanced? Well, you, I'm sure, like me, cringe when you meet some fanatic or an unbalanced person who badges you with their latest and goes off on one. Never met them? People that stand on the street corners and shout at you. Don't you feel welcomed and loved by God? You sinners, you repent, you're going to die. And you think, well, that's really helpful. Thank you very much. I was going shopping and now I'm not sure it's worth going, really. <clears throat> St. Peter entreats us to answer people with gentleness and respect. So why is the ear so important and first on the list? You can help me here and call out what relevance you might see in the ear. So this is an interactive service. If you haven't been here before, sorry, it's uh, not everybody else does this. It's just, I'm sorry, it's my quirky. So what's, what's what ears and balance? Any, any thoughts? Nothing's right or wrong? Just to have a crack. June. Communication. Sorry? Communication. Brilliant. Yeah. Yep. I should bring my notes with me so I'm running. I'm done. Sorry? Just to listen closely to others. Listening, just listening, listening. Ooh, what? How many? How many ears we got? How many mouths we got? Hmm. Hmm. Is there a message in that? Is there? I'm. I'm allowed to talk this morning. I've got the microphone. Um, but so true, isn't it? It's, we do too much and not enough. Okay. What else? What else? Anybody tell me about? Who's any medical people here? June, you're a nurse. What, uh, sorry, picking on you. Um, what is the eustachian tube or what does the eustachian tube do or what part does the ear play in? Is that a hard question? Sorry. Um, what happens if you get an infection in your ear? It puts you out of balance, doesn't it? Have you ever had that? You feel nauseous and you're wobbly and... Sometimes it takes months to get over. Um, the ear is such a, a, a critical thing. How does God speak to us? Earthquakes, fire, wind. Small voice. And sorry, John. Through His Spirit. Through His Spirit. Yes, yes. But but often in that still small voice, often on the inside, isn't it? This almost in, thinking, where did that come from? Beautiful. Sorry, I'm running up and down here. It's the only way I get exercise. <laughs> okay, hearing is clearly so important. It's interesting to note that in more recent days, some of our pastors are turning to the ancient practice of meditation and solitude with great effect. We've always been a doer. You know, we've got to save the world. It's been, and it's good, you know, preach the gospel. But there's a movement beginning 
where people are realising that being quiet before God, actually listening to his instructions, getting the orders for the day, uh, is so helpful. Bev's dad, George, was a wonderful elder. He was a visiting elder. He was one of those godly men. He'd sit in his armchair in the morning and and have a quiet time, and he'd say, Lord, who do I need to visit today? And he would just wait, and the Lord would give him a list of people. And he'd go off on his rounds, and so many times people would say, George, how did you know to come today? And he would just be right on time, that somebody was in a crisis or something was happening and needed somebody to talk to. He listened. Marion, uh, Marion Mays, who's sitting amongst us here, is um, one of our believer priests, and uh, she's been leading a monthly contemplation group here, and it's been wonderful. I've been part of that. Some of our neighbours are coming now from across the road and lo- loving it, just spending an hour quietly uh, listening to God's voice, listening to the scriptures and meditating. Okay. Uh, listen to what Selwyn Hughes said in Every Day with Jesus from January the 25th. Uh, Bev's going to, uh, to read this and make a comment. Got to change my glasses. <laughs> um, I'm sure that few of you know the story of uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who spent a lot of time in um, solitude. Uh, an amazing man, but um, he wrote this book called Life Together. And he points out that although living in community is important, these are his words, we We often need solitude so that we serve the community more effectively. And he wrote, Let him who cannot be alone beware of community and let him who is not in community beware of being alone. One one who wants fellowship without solitude plunges into a void of words and feelings and one who seeks solitude without fellowship perishes in the abyss of vanity, self-infatuation and despair. Quite interesting words. Um, it's about balance, isn't it? A balance of both. Um, Michael just asked me to make a comment, a personal comment here. Um, about seven years ago, um, I became a- aware of the fact that I probably needed to spend time in contemplation um, and I met a group of Anglican girls who um, who just really understood that and so I learnt from them. I went sort of every fortnight on a Monday night and we, we sat quietly together and we learned from each other and it was um, amazing because during that time I know that I developed... Um, and an ability to be able to listen a lot more than I had in the past. And it led on to uh, retreats and, and it's been continual um, since then. And I have to say that that time really prepared me for the fact that um, I know that now um, it, it was just the right timing of God for that to happen for me because a couple of years later I began uh, the journey of, you know, health issues which most of you know um, are ongoing and I have just found that 
just been amazing to be able to just get aside at times. And so the contemplation group, and may I also say that the Thursday night prayer meeting can be just like that as a church. When we, we sit, Sam leads us so beautifully, um, and we just often just listen to what God is saying to us. But we do it in community. And we're doing it together. And if you're a person who's a, a people's person like me, I hate to be alone very much, but I love contemplation in community along with others because I learn so much from other people. So that's my comment. Thank you, Danny. Andrew had an interesting experience when he was preparing his talk a couple of weeks ago. Tell us, Andrew. I might just stand up here. It feels a bit odd talking and not looking at people. But, um, so I love what you're just talking about there in that quote from Diedrich Bonhoeffer, um, that being still and listening to God. And I used to be much more into that. And I think with the busyness of just adult life and mobile phones and distractions, um, it's something I really miss. Um, just quickly, I shared this with Mike just in passing the other day, and he, he wanted me to, to share. So just really briefly... When uh, in December, when Sam was sort of planning his holidays, he said, "Oh, would you be able to speak on the fifteenth of January?" And I don't normally speak at church, and and um, I said, "Oh, okay, Sam. Yeah, sure, I can help you out." And I didn't know what to talk about. Oh, what am I going to do? And uh, but I knew as well that it would force me to actually, you know, really listen to God and, and wait on Him and and see what He would say. So I started that process, but. You might be surprised to know, but sometimes I like to take the easy path in life. And um, so what I did is I thought, well, what should I do? All right, I think I'll, um, I don't know, I think I'll just text a whole bunch of people and get them all to do little testimonies. You know, I'll, I'll just get people to share something about what God's been doing in their lives and that way I won't have to speak. And, uh, you know, it'll be pretty easy and lots of people, be, I'm sure it'll be encouraging hearing from other people. So I typed up this text message, I sort of drafted it, oh, you know, it's going to can you just come and share for five minutes or whatever? And I thought, you know, if I send it out to ten people, maybe three or four might be good. And I was about to press send to a number of you sitting here. I was about to send it, and suddenly I had this sudden feeling just enter my heart. And the only way I can really describe that feeling is being disciplined. Um, and it was like that feeling you get when someone in authority tells you off. I don't know if you've had that in the classroom or... Um, even with your boss telling you off, you know, you're late or something, and your first reaction is to try and uh, make an excuse or put the blame somewhere else. But I know with God, when he tells you off, he's right, you're wrong, and there was no excuses. And so I felt like it was a bit of a discipline, a bit of a, a telling off from God. He was like, what are you doing? You're just trying to get out of this. And I think he also knew that that whole what I ended up speaking about had actually been something brewing that I was thinking about and, and you know, grappling with. And I knew deep inside, I didn't hear a word, like a, a, bit, a word that I could pinpoint, but I had the sense in my heart that, no, you need to actually um, speak on this issue, which was about healing and things like that. So, um, yeah, that was just, I guess, a chance to, um, you know, just listen to God. And, yeah, I hadn't felt discipline like that. Uh, well, I can't remember the last time I ever felt like that. And uh, it was I think it was God's... If I had to put words to that feeling, it was a little bit like just grow up, stand up for what you believe, um, stop being a kid and just hiding away and, you know, just stand up. So 
That's it. Well, while you've got the microphone, just keep going. He will, too. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. All right. Um, David, I think if we can go back, I think there's a scripture in Romans, if that's before then, if not. Yeah. Okay, just, just read this together. It's important that we read scripture. So, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ, or the old King James says, hearing the word of God. And another one, Paul reminds Timothy not to neglect the, the public reading of the scriptures. Jesus uh, reminds us not to be hearers of the word, but doers. He says, "Who has he who has ears, or she who has ears to hear, let them hear. Uh, James 1.22, is that, is that, yes. Let's read this together. So be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man. You notice it's a man, not a woman. Women know exactly what they look like. It's men have to have keep looking. It says look intently at, the, at their face in a mirror. The girls go, I know how pretty I am. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, that's very naughty. So, uh, in the middle of the scripture. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And then a little picture about, you know, the story of Jesus said, if you hear the words of mine and put them into practice, you're like a wise man uh, coming up. Dave, thank you. Dad, the one with the blue, the blue picture. That's it. Thank you. So this leads us very nicely into the thumb. And sorry, David, just keep scrolling down. You'll have a lovely picture of the thumb coming up. The thumb represents service. Well, just, just, just try that. So those people who've got a, a mobile phone or something or just when you get home on your laptop, try typing and see what happens if you cannot use your thumb. That's just how it looks. If you type that, it just looks like that. So the, the thumb represents service, the practicality of expressing your faith in service to others. Your hand does not work well unless you have the balance of your thumb to help the fingers do the work. Have you ever hurt your thumb and not been able to do You try tying up buttons or it's absolutely vital, your thumb. A friend of ours um, uh, had a terrible car accident recently. She had a hand out of the window and the car rolled and it literally degloved her hand. It was awful. They literally ripped the flesh off, off her hand. And uh, it's amazing what the wonderful doctors can do today. But the thing they were most excited about, that they were able to save her thumb. And she will in time uh, be able to, to use her hand pretty effectively. It's just extraordinary how, um, you know, how, how dependent we are on different things. And we're dependent on each other. And we've talked about this. This is a body. It's lovely to hear different people sharing and people, people being involved in the service. And dear David and uh, David and David at the back there, you know, so faithful. Um, I had a few thoughts. I flicked them to David last night, and he comes back with a, this whole presentation. Doesn't you know? It's just so easy for him. It would take me hours, but it's so vital. And so I appreciate it, David and David, uh, for for your work uh, quietly behind the scenes. 
Uh, just last week, uh, Anne and David Sanders, well, Anne is a great cook, and I'm, so I'm sure some of you have experienced her, uh, her uh, or been blessed by her cooking, and she, she bought a lovely tray of uh, prawn fettuccine. And uh, during the week, um, I said to Bev, our neighbour is really struggling. Her husband's just gone into hospice, and... Um, we, uh, I said, no, I think, I think we should invite her for a meal tonight. Just so I said, we've got that lovely tray of, you know, Anne's, Anne's things. And, uh, she, she got home from hospital at 27 minutes past six and was at our house, uh, with a bottle of, uh, uh water, which had turned into wine. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. Um, and, uh, <laughs> she, uh, she arrived and we had the most amazing conversation. It just that hospitality through a gift from someone else it turned into this most amazing conversation with this dear lady. And obviously that's private, what she shared with us. Uh, but it was a privilege to sit and listen to her and uh, to, to walk along the journey of life with her a little bit. And what a privilege. Because somebody had been generous to us, we were able to be generous to somebody. This is how it works, isn't it, Bonnie? This is how we, uh, we ministered on behalf of God to one another. The body working together in unity brings balance. And finally, the big toe. Uh, ben, would you like to read to us uh, a scripture there from Ephesians? Thanks, Mike. So Ephesians from verse 432. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. Follow God's example and therefore as dearly beloved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Thank you. Lovely. And the key word there was walk, all to do with the toes. I've uh, gone, I've gone to a physio uh, last week. I'm actually going to go, no, I'm not going to say this. I think I'm going to go to the gym. And so I had to be assessed and uh, I'm working, working up to it because, um, anyway, we won't go into that. Um, but when I, I was telling the physio lady about I wanted to speak this week on, uh, on ears and thumbs and toes, she got really excited because she talked about how important it is in the body to have balance, how your core muscles, and even the fact that uh, when I was doing some exercise and it killed me, um, instead of doing press-ups on the floor, you lean against the wall, which is really nice. And so you've got to do a number and they see if they can break you. you know. And, uh, of course, after a while, uh, your elbows go out because it's easier to, to push like that. And what happens then, instead of the pressure going on your core muscles and strengthening your tummy, you stand using your back. That's Sue's nodding here, people. That, yeah, and, and so it's all about balance and getting doing, doing things correctly. And so she was very helpful explaining to me. So in his letter to the church at Ephesus, uh, which uh, Paul wrote, he writes much about our walk at the beginning and at the end of chapter 4 and the beginning of chapter 5. Uh, Paul says, be kind and compassionate, to other, as just Ben has just read to us. Uh, pastor Leo Harris, who was the founding pastor of the church at, at Sturt Street, uh, he preached a, a, a wonderful sermon from Ephesians and it was entitled, Sit, Walk, Stand. And it's a renowned sermon, really, because the, the topic, the uh, sit, 
if you look at the book of Ephesians, it says that we are seated in heavenly places. That's our position, how God sees us. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And then it says because of that revelation, your understanding of that, then walk out your experience. Live according to the fact that you are children of God. You are seated with God in heavenly places. And then the final one was stand. And so when trouble comes, which Jesus speaks about, stand. Stand on the Scriptures. Stand firm. Stand on what God has told you. Don't be swayed by what's happening around about you. Stand firm on the Scriptures. So we're seated in heavenly places. We walk out from that position and we stand. The, um, in that walking, the physio again, sorry, going back, was explaining that good walking, you'd know, is that you... You put your heel down, you roll through your foot and onto your toe and you spring off your toe. Now, most of us slide along and slouch along, but, but good walking style is that. So your whole body is exercise. There's dozens of bones in your foot. You've probably seen that. And you see the old skeleton hanging on the wall. The number of bones in your hands are very, very complex. But this balance, of, your balance of, if you lost your big toe, what would happen? You couldn't walk. I mean, it's very difficult, but it's, it's about balance. You, you imagine trying to be on a, uh, a being a, um, what's the word, um, a gymnast, walking on the parallel beam, you know, when they walk along the beam. And they make it look so easy, don't they? Just sort of walk along like this. But if you didn't have a big toe, you try to do that. Balance is so, so important. All right, we're getting there. Many of us stumble, but we learn to keep going. We practice till we get it right. If you fall, get up. If you stumble, regain your balance. Move on. A well-balanced person knows who they are and where they're going. And they give out a sense of confidence, isn't it? You see somebody in a crowd, they know where they're going, and they sort of walk through the, the crowd, and the crowd almost parts because they're, they are sure where they're going and they have a poise about them. So perhaps now you can see why I was drawn to the scriptures about the ear, the thumb and the big toe. If we're going to be good witnesses to our remarkable loving God, can I encourage you to get to know him better through reading and hearing the scriptures? This current generation is biblically illiterate. If you don't have a good foundation, you will fall for anything, as we are increasingly seeing in society which has lost its way or more accurately has lost its sight of God. And I think, have we got this one up, David, Ephesians? Or I'll read it. Is it there, David? No, sorry, okay, Ephesians 4.14. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. Isn't that the world we live in, isn't it? The trickery of people, there's so much uh, stuff. But if we've got a good working knowledge of the Bible, then we won't be so easily knocked off balance. Uh, Julianne Menzies was a pastor up at, and ran the uh, young adults group up at Stirling. She had two questions for her group. What does God say and is that important to you? Interesting thought, isn't it? So what does God say in the book and is that important to you? Someone else's information and commentary will never replace your own study and revelation. You are what you digest, preferably not rotten apples. 
application of God's truth will help you become a balanced person. However, there's one last and very important fact which my dear wife reminded me of this morning. And Bev says she preaches her best sermons through me, and it's so true. <clears throat> we do not do this alone. God has promised to be with us and enable us. Otherwise, it can become a you-can-do-better sermon. And it's easy, isn't it, to lay guilt on people. And yes, we can do better. We know that. But God comes and joins us on our walk and he enables us and he helps us. So it's not that you can do better. You can do better with God as he enables you. So let's just read this last scripture together and then I'll pray. Partakers in the divine nature. Read it together with me. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence Through these he has given us his precious and magnificent promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature now that you have escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Let us pray. Dear loving Father, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you that as we quieten, as we listen, Lord, as we learn to serve others before ourselves, to walk out our journey with you in faith and with your company. Lord, we pray this morning, help us to become balanced people. Lord, that love you and love your word and find your truth, enabling us to hold our head up high in the world that's going crazy. As Lord, as we look to you and, and as we long for your coming again, Lord, where we will live with you forever in peace and in love with you. Oh God, thank you for the day. Bless uh, these, your people. Thank you, Lord, for this community. Thank you, Lord, uh, how you're causing us as lively stones, it was read, uh, to be built together uh, into a building fit for your, your presence. Lord, thank you. We bless you this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've walked among us. You've worn our flesh. You understand us. And we bless you now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. We're going to respond to what God's been saying to us in song. This is, song is a prayer. Uh, there's so much in this song, but maybe there's little bits that will um, be come alive in your heart, be, be your response to what God's been saying through Mike. Invite you to stand. still for a sec Lord we uh, we know we need better balance in our lives it can be busy 
and chaotic at times and you know the challenge is there for us to seek you out more to hear from you more Um, but Lord we do that in your strength and uh, as Mike shared so greatly there that we can um, use the appendages that we have to be participating in what you're doing and find that balance and I pray Lord that uh, yeah you'll stir in each of us what that might mean and how we might respond and we just open up ourselves to you to be transformed thank you Lord that you're speaking to us thank you for those who shared thank you how you discipline us at times and you want us to grow and not stand still all the time but you actually nurture us and bring us to something anew each morning each day and we just bless you for it in Jesus name Amen well thanks Mike love the interactive sessions that you bring us and um, yeah have a seat everyone um, I just wanted to add to what Mike was challenging us there with the reading of the word um, I've been reading the Bible lately <laughs> and uh, it's been really really good um, for me that's been a definite balance issue um, hearing from the from the word and putting some time into it um, we have a, a roof that is leaking in our house it's leaking in just about every room at the moment it's creating all this damage in the ceilings and you say, oh, I'll get to that I'll patch that bit and I'll patch that bit and over the time I just got to the point where I had to rip the bandit off and we're actually replacing our whole roof and um, which is great but I'm looking forward to no more leaks but I think for me I'm a bit like that with the balance bit I'm sort of all in or nothing and uh, at the start of this year my nephew messaged me and said hey join me on this uh, one-year Bible reading plan and it's called the McCheen um, Reading Plan, and it's probably one of the best plans I've done where it divides the books up really nicely and evenly and invited a few others. But if you're looking for something like that to help kickstart you into reading and getting into the regular uh, Word of the Lord, I'd encourage you to find whatever that discipline might be. Um, but that's really worked well for me so far, 20 days in, and we'll keep going hopefully. <laughs> um, but if, there's, if, if you want to join that plan with me and some others, uh, please reach out afterwards. I'd love to invite you on. It's a digital plan. You can uh, read it and then have a comment uh, afterwards which is just that accountability so I think it's really important to build accountability with each other too so um, yeah maybe talk to someone else about if you're struggling with the balance and you need that little push that might help you too so thanks everyone Um, that's my little bit but thank you Mike again and thanks team Uh, we'll leave it there and uh, yeah enjoy the rest of your week thank you